um, again, as folks file in, I just got a couple things I wanted to bring up before I invite our speaker up, and that is uh, today uh, uh, Butch Page came in, and uh, he is, um, uh, as many of you know, he's the VFW chaplain, and he's actually like a chaplain on three or four different branches of that. So uh, I'm going to, he brought this poster in, it's just a, and it goes right, goes right along with what we're going to talk about tonight, so the timing was divine. Um, this is a poster that was put together and given um, to the VFW, but there is a 988 number uh, that you can call for people that are, are suffering from, um, you know, um, su- suicidal thoughts. And so, and of course, we have folks here that we call. I get calls on that actually quite often myself. But if you are looking for uh, a resource, this is from the VA. Uh, they provide a resource for uh, for veterans. Of course, I'm sure anybody could use it. This is particularly for the VA uh, veterans, and this is offered through the uh, the VFW. And uh, and Butch is pretty excited because it's got the three crosses on it. And then the, the number 22. Does anybody know what 22 represents? Psalm 22. Well, that'd be that's good. 20, 22nd Psalm is it's amazing. Yeah. That's it. There's 22 veteran suicides per day, and so um, and so uh, that's on a, on average. There's some that would say it's even higher than that. And so, um, if you're looking for a resource, we're going to talk about resources tonight for PTSD and suicidal thoughts and all kinds of things. So, in addition to what you're going to hear tonight, I just want to let you know about that. There's like there would be a 911. There's a 988 number uh, that people can call uh, for that. And so. I was uh, before I invite uh, our speaker tonight. I was just was speaking with him in the foyer, um, and uh, I was telling Brother Rob about Cass County has a higher than average number of suicides, uh, and that's related to the, the really the lack of hope. And the, of course, the hope that we have is through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I just uh, I'm thankful tonight to be able to take some time and talk about uh, wounded spirits. If you've been here, how many of you've heard of wounded spirits? Just kind of curious if. So most everybody here, except a couple of us, so uh, you're probably familiar with that. How many of you have been through training? I'm just kind of curious. So only a handful of us have been trained. Uh, so uh, th- that's a good opportunity. We probably need to come back around on that and do some more training in the future. But we uh, are actively right now. We have uh, we don't have groups going, but we do have active cases going, and I don't advertise any of that. Um, it kind of comes through our counseling ministry here at HBF. But we use the Wounded Spirits training and some of the materials, and that's what we use oftentimes to help people that are struggling with trauma uh, in, in regards to PTSD and things like that. Of course, that's not something we advertise and tell everybody about, but it is something that we're still actively doing um, on a one-on-one basis. And um, Brother Rob is excited about the opera. I'm sorry, Brother you know, Brother Rob, Kevin Rob is excited about all that God's doing in other churches, and he'll talk to us about that tonight with uh, the charters and how churches are reaching out to civilians with the ministry of wounded spirits. And I think many of you know, uh, I, full disclosure, I serve on the board of uh, wounded spirits. So, uh, and so I'm excited about this ministry. I'm all in with uh, Brother Doug Carriger. And, and, our, and our, um, our guest tonight is, is uh, Kevin Robb, and he is a chapter representative for wounded spirits. And uh, he has come alongside uh, Brother Doug Carriger, and he is, is promoting the ministry uh, to local churches all over the country and probably the world. Uh, I was just talking with Doug recently, and by the way, if you want to see more about that, there's always a 
Doug's uh, you know updates on wounded spirits are in the hallway. We, he sends out his letter. And we post those there so you can read those, or you can obviously go to the wounded spirits website and can see that information. But uh, the impact of what uh, God is doing through wounded spirits is is really multiplying uh, again outside of the United States. And now I see that there's opportunities even overseas. Uh, for this ministry, so it's exciting to see all that God is doing, and so uh, I want to I want you to give your attention tonight to Brother Rob as he's going to come and present uh, the ministry and open the Word of God with us. So uh, just give him a, a good HBF welcome as he comes tonight and speaks to us. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate that. Sure, good to see you, folks. I've met a lot of you. Uh, some of you I didn't meet, but uh, looking forward to meeting you. Got the table out there. I've been doing mission work for 30 years, and that table I got about, I mean, not the table, it's your table, thank you. Uh, but that that board, that six foot by five foot that uh, was given to me, and uh, it's a billboard, man. And God's been using it in an amazing way as I've uh, been setting it up. But uh, my name's Kevin Robb. It's spelled R-A-U-B. I'm from Pennsylvania originally. I'm sent out of uh, the Temple Baptist Church in Wichita, where I was this morning. And uh, we just uh, got there. They're still doing it, but I got done with my part of uh, a camp meeting that they're having there that they started a couple years ago. I've never been able to attend. And so um, I've been in these. If you've ever been in a camp meeting, they're they're kind of all day. <laughs> And so I was sitting there, and, and uh, there's lots of music and lots and lots of there's preaching, but there's a lot of music. And uh, my my app on my phone that's connected to the hearing aid, high tech, we kept going off in this meeting saying too many decibels, too many, too loud. So it's like, yeah, this is loud. Yeah, yeah, they get, yeah, just a lot of musical stuff, loud musical stuff. So. But it was great. Had a great time. Had to pull myself away because I'm headed east. But I'm so thrilled to be here tonight. Um, being a missionary for 30 years, a lot of it was military. So uh, what I do now is mil- missions to the military through Wounded Spirits. I'm the chapter director. And uh, the focus is, with Wounded Spirits, trauma. Because um, that's always been a hot-button topic when, when I was at Fort Riley, Kansas, several years ago, the, the chaplain who was allowing us to set up a ministry said, this is wonderful what you're doing. What can you do focus on PTSD? And I said, "We I don't have any real focus other than the word of God. And I knew that was, you know, in, in the gospel was enough. But you know what? Focus is God's way of doing things. He, he crossed the Sea of Galilee to focus on a demoniac and God focuses on the need of each individual and the people group of traumatized is much bigger than I think any one of us know. Right after I was brought on board with with Doug, um, I was just happened to be put up in someone's home that puts up missionaries in, in Denver Colorado, and uh, the guy said, so I love, you know, my wife and I love putting up missionaries. What do you do? I said, well, God's recently maybe the chapter director uh, for a PTSD ministry, Wounded Spirits, Biblical Approach PTSD, and he began weeping, and 
there was combat PTSD with him, but his big thing was at age five, the man was playing with matches at age five. So they had just finished his, his dad was building a house with his own hands. It was not yet sheetrocked in, but it was done. They were living in it. And, they, and as a five-year-old, I barely remember when I was five, he's, he was playing with matches and burned it down and watched his sisters die. And uh, no one ever took him aside. No one ever talked to him and said anything. Why? Because everybody's traumatized. Dad, Mom, everybody out in this what was a country home. And uh, so I feel like God sort of plunged me into it. We just hugged each other and cried. And uh, we talked about his combat PTSD too. But as a civilian, as a little boy, as abused wives, as abused children, this whole child trafficking thing, we are seeing an explosion. Um, Politics is traumatizing our nation. I'm traumatized by it, so I think... (laughs) I, I get it. I don't think I have PTSD, but I, I did have a pastor. You know, the whole COVID thing, the, the, uh, I pastored a guy who's now a missionary in Australia, and he said, uh, and Doug's going over to Australia uh, two months from now, and I'm going next year, Lord willing, but he said, can you come and start a PTSD? This pastor in Australia said, because if, if you start a PTSD chapter, I know the nation will want to hear it because they are so traumatized because of the oppressive lockdowns and the oppressive um, uh, policies that they've had. And you know what? I just had never thought about that. So I've I've told the Lord I'm willing to go wherever and do whatever. Again, he crossed the Sea of Galilee to talk to someone that no one else wanted to talk to, the demoniac, and um, and he was his champion, and, and uh, he got what he needed. So I want to be um, about my father's business. So what is what is the business? Uh, uh, before we open the Word of God, I do want to say, and I, and it, I, I appreciate the generous use of time get, giving me tonight. But um, so I don't have to like be in auctioneer mode talking really really fast. <laughs> but you know, um, my burden and why I'm here is I'm called the chapter director, and so chartering chapters is involving, I'll give you an example. I was just in Salt Lake City, Utah. Anyone here ever been to Salt Lake City, Utah? Okay. I was there. Beautiful place, a lot of mountains. And um, why, uh, in that Mormon country, uh, LDS, half the church, I was in the church of 300, half of them were uh, born again out of uh, Mormonism. And uh, there's about 20 people that are, signed up for leadership to be involved in uh, heading up a, a new chapter of Wounded Spirits. They are 100 gazillion percent on board with this. In fact, the uh, pastor out there is flying Doug in in a couple of weeks, Doug and uh, Debbie Carragher, uh, to, uh, to, to give them, instead of them sending all these people to camp, they're sending the camp to, to them. And, and they're just doing whatever it takes. They're, they're really, really on board because within 45 minutes of this church, there's one point some million people, and there's a lot of trauma, not only because of, a, you know, the, the typical stuff, but also because of um, the cult, the, the idea that you have to be, by your performance, good enough 
to become a god, if you know anything about that religion, uh, as God is, we, uh, as God is, as God was, we are, and as God is, we will be. I think that's their, kind of one of their mottos. And so I'm talking to this couple, young couple, full of God, aglow with Jesus. And they, they just kind of tracked me wherever I went in these meetings. You know, I spoke four times and it's kind of setting up, chartering this thing. And, uh, but she said, they, they said to me that the, the trauma, number one, of the adults that they, they, they're trying to get their kids to be good enough to, to measure up to this. And then the, the, the women folk are, are dependent on their husband for salvation. So if you know anything about that, I'm not trying to bust anyone's, um, you know, I'm not busting on, on, on a religion, but I just want to say, thank God, no one's depending on me for their salvation. Jesus Christ made the way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And this couple is so set free. It's wonderful. But they talk about the trauma that the adults put the children through because they project their own frustration at inability to perform well enough for their religion and fear of being brought before the the bishops and the, the into the system uh it just drives them crazy so this is from her and several people told me that and like i said half that church was saved out of that utah has the highest incidence of of uh, of suicide in the country I, i've looked it up it, uh, utah is is the highest and it's a lot because of the um the performance-based salvation. So God's doing things. From there, I went to Colorado Springs, and uh, we're starting another chapter there. And then from there, I was at my home church, and we just uh, last week started another chapter there. So there's really a great interest and a great need and a great opportunity. And uh, if I have time after this, I might open it for questions, if you don't mind. Yeah. So take your Bible tonight, if you would, go over to the book of Genesis, chapter 8, Genesis 8, story of Noah's Ark, the account of Noah's Ark. Once again, I really appreciate the church letting me come and your pastor who is just a jewel, he uh, allowed me to come on fairly short notice and uh, that's my home on wheels parked wherever direction it is. So, Al Chander. And we really appreciate all this. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. That must have been a good feeling. <laughs> You've ever been at sea? You've ever been, you know, get your land, the feeling of, hey, I can get my land legs back. Uh, usually a good feeling. So it says... Um, 
verse 6, And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro till the waters were dried up from the earth, from off the earth. And he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him in the ark, and he stayed yet other seven days. And again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off, a sign of life. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth, and he stayed yet other seven days, sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. All right, so I want to give this message tonight. I call it, I've never preached this before. In fact, God gave it to me while I was driving. It's hard to study your Bible while you're driving a 41-foot coach, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but I will tell you this, uh, uh, that that I'm excited about this thought tonight. Return unto thy rest. Return unto thy rest. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this church. And Lord, uh, what you've given me tonight, help me deliver it faithfully. Father, help me to preach as it is the oracles of God. Uh, These aren't um, opportunities to give my opinion, Father. This is a, a, a fearful opportunity. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd make me a blessing. Lord, lift burdens tonight. I pray that someone just gets some real help. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we have Noah landing and uh, the the setup for landing. And as he's in the approach, so to speak, out there in the water, uh, he sends forth these uh, animals. Of course, he had two of all these kinds of animals. He might have had more than two by the time he landed. It was a long voyage. And he sends forth first a raven. Now, a raven in the Bible is, you know, it's kind of one of those dark, ebony-looking. It's, it's, um, it, it's in the Bible uh, a, a picture of, of kind of the flesh because ravens feed on flesh, right? I mean, that's just... They're, they're scavenger birds, and um, in fact, I was at uh, the campground where I was parked this morning, and I think it was yesterday, I went, whoa, because I heard this, Gaw! and it was a raven came right down, right next to me, and those things are huge. Uh, I mean, it just, I was like, whoa, that's, you know, I always thought as a kid, I think, I'm from Pennsylvania, and they're, you know, they call them crows up there, and I think the crows were smaller, but this thing was huge. And I think they called a raven. I just now thought about that. But a raven was sent forth. And the Bible says in verse 7, he went to and fro until the waters were dried up off the earth. Now, why did that happen? So th- this this message that um, Noah got, it does not say whether he expected it to come back or, or what his thinking was. I can only imagine he knew something about the habits of the raven. The idea of going to and fro, I used to think, meant that the raven just kind of went flying for days and days and days. But it's not what it's talking about, I don't believe. To and fro, meaning it went from floating carcass to floating carcass. Because you remember, everything on the earth died except, you know, as far as land animals, except what was in the ark. And so it's flying, and it's going out, and it's finding things. 
And the raven being a picture of the, the lost man's nature, even the Christian's sin nature, the raven was satisfied and he, it was at rest while it was just kind of hanging out on this floating deer, this dead elephant, whatever it was. The raven seemed like it was fine and it never did come back and it never did get back to the ark of rest because it was happy with death. And then he sends forth, what was the second critter that he sent forth there? A dove. And that dove came back with what in its beak? An olive branch. And we we would say the olive branch today is a symbol of what? Does anybody know? Peace. But really, what it's talking about is a symbol of life because it came back and it showed that things were springing forth. You know, the deluge was abating and so the the exposed surfaces of the earth were beginning to bring forth again and God was faithfully um, replenishing the earth. So what we look at here is the dove being a picture of Jesus Christ Jesus in you, Jesus in me, was not content to just go out and go from dead thing to dead thing to, you know, to to extract what it could from something that once was. It was wanting to go find life. And because it finally found life, it said, I'm going to bring it back. And and I'm going to, you know, there wasn't evidently enough for the, the dove to make its home in. Or it just was so loyal to the man Noah that it wanted to bring him back a testimony. But this uh, this experience tells me that we have inside of us, every human being has a desire for rest. What gives you rest is not what gives someone else rest. There's two basic kinds of rest, just based kind of on the first mention principle. This is the first mention of the word dove in the Bible, so to, to gather a little bit of hermeneutical, you know, which means interpreting the Bible, uh, fodder from this, you could say, you know, the first idea of the dove is it's one type of rest, and then the raven, one type, another type of rest, and I want you to go over to the book of Psalms now, you don't have to go back here anymore, uh, but go over to the book of Psalms 116. This is where I get the title of the message that I was studying driving down the highway. I only got one honking horn at me, so uh, I did pretty good. I actually didn't study it. I, I did, you know, my phone's on its little magnetic holder there, and I was like, beep, 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 you know, look at the verse. Where is that verse type of thing? But um, the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind. But Psalm 116, I love the book of Psalms, by the way. Many of the Psalms were written by who? David. So David was known as a psalmist. He was also known as a military man, right? You know, David, how did they fight combat back in the Bible? They fought usually hand-to-hand. You know, there's a few arrows and stuff. They called them artillery. If you ever read some of the scriptures there, they, that was their version of artillery. It wasn't hand-to-hand. But a lot of it was just right there, and people were dying all around them. So 
David, it's no surprise, wrote all these psalms about trauma. A lot of them are about trauma. And psalms are great counseling tools and encouragement to you and I. Uh, I tell people there's balm in the psalms, B-A-L-M. There's balm in the psalms. And, you know, if you think about it, many of the psalms start with a confused statement or a confused mind. They start in a dark place and and usually end in a bright place. And there's a few psalms that start dark and end dark. There's just a few. And I think that ought to remind you and I that when we're going through trauma, I mean, if if you're having to wake up in the morning and come up with a reason to get out of bed, yeah, that's that's often the, the case with PTSD. I had a pastor call me. I was telling uh, Brother Brian about it, that um, he's there in a church that supports me, and uh, he's a co-pastor, assistant, associate, or something like that. But but long story short, he called and said, Brother Kevin, I see in your prayer letters that you're doing PTSD work. He said, I, I ran over someone on the way to church and killed him. And he, he just cannot wrap his mind around that. And he went into a dark place. This was recently, just a few weeks ago. He went into a dark place. And I said, brother, I can only imagine. I I said, I cannot imagine what you're going through. And by the way, if you're dealing with someone with PTSD, let's let's do remember that we don't know what it's like. So it's best not to say, I know what you're going through. We don't know what you're going through. You know, it's best not to go up and say, hey, cheer up, brother. That doesn't work. You know, Romans 8, 28, still in the book. Come on, brother. When guys come home from combat... That's part of the trauma is after three to six months, depending on the level of trauma, the first person is usually the wife, the one that's closest, and then friends, and then friends of friends. They're coming up and they're saying, how long is this going to take, by the way? Are, are you going to join us? I mean, that is not helpful. What is helpful? To find rest. To return to their rest. But how do you return to your rest if you feel like you lost part of you downrange? How do you feel, how do you return, how do you, how do you return to something that's lost? That's the, that's what they're thinking. And so I want to tonight deal with, uh, how do we return to the rest? Because the Psalms deal with that kind of confusion. Psalm 73, I encourage people that are going through dark times to read Psalm 73. Most of Psalm 73 is in darkness. It's confusion. It's people, it's, it's a man named Asaph, and he's saying, I was, uh, I could not give God the benefit of the doubt when I saw the evil of the world. He was exposed to so much evil. He stopped giving God the benefit of the doubt. And folks, when you stop doing that, you enter darkness. You just, I've been there. I, I, I've, I mean, I remember just some 
really dark times. And you don't have to raise your hand, but I, I venture to say a lot of y'all have been through some dark periods where you just say, why, why do I, why get out of bed? You know, with what I've, with what I've seen, what I've experienced, seeing the guy bounce off the windshield, that wasn't me. It wasn't me bouncing off the windshield either, but uh, it was, that's, that's what he has to grip. Why should a, the man that, that, that accidentally kills someone, it's funny, it's not funny, but it's just ironic. I pastored another guy years ago in the 80s that accidentally ran over a little girl. And, um, and before I uh, met him, but, but long story short, when you have that kind of, that kind of guilt, survivor guilt, as it were, um, you feel like you don't have a right to be happy anymore. I mean, it takes God to help us to say happiness is given by grace because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't deserve it. You need it. And those closest to you need it. I was in a meeting of missionaries, and uh, we were all just learning mission stuff. Uh, Brother Milton Martin was leading it. He's with the Lord but he had this thing in our community, and, and so I went. And while we were there, there was a missionary family, the Rogers to Mozambique, I think. Their son was a missionary in, um, it's one of these countries, a heavy Muslim country, and they're really bad about killing Christians. So it was near Indonesia. Uh, uh, it was Indonesia. It was, what do we say? It, yeah, it was, it was right in that, and it might have been... Uh, it might have been there. It was, this is back in 99, I think. Or, but long story short, someone said, hey, let's remember uh, the Rogers in prayer. They're not here tonight. They're out talking to their uh, family. Their son is in Indonesia. He was arrested for preaching the gospel. Malaysia, Indonesia, in that, in that corner of the world. And they were, I mean, it was in the news right then and there that they said, we will kill all you know, people that are proselytizing Muslims. And this guy was bold, so <laughs> Josh Rogers. So long story short, uh, we prayed that night. The next morning, I went to the coffee table early, and Mrs. Rogers was standing there. And I said, I'm thinking awkward conversation, like her boy's in prison. If he's still alive, what do you say to her? And I said, how are you doing? And she was glowing, Pastor. And she just said, I honestly, I'm doing fine. She said, I feel guilty I'm doing so fine. And I said, sister, whatever you got, I don't want to come between you and it. So God bless you. And I kind of walked away and let her enjoy the Lord. But that reminded me, his mercies are new every morning. When we get up. Out of bed, God doesn't say, are you deserving of joy? Remember it says, uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So when we get up in the morning, it's kind of like I got seven kids. They're all grown up, but when they were little knuckleheads, uh, when they were these little knot-headed kids, some of them would just at night, you know, it's like they, they're getting tired and they're getting fussy and, I remember putting two of my boys to bed, and I was not happy. I was just like, go to bed. 
Jonathan, Stephen, go to bed. Now. But that, now. But it's early. Now. So, but it's only 3 p.m. Now. <laughs> so they went to bed. And, uh, but I remember walking, this is in a motor home. It was just such tight quarters. We had converted a Greyhound bus. To, and it's, you know, I think it was six kids at the time or five kids. So they slept like a bunk this way and in a bunk this way and in a bunk this way and in a bunk this way. So these two kids were both in the same bunk. And um, I remember going by that night and just kind of looking at them saying, you little knotheads. And, you know, kind of tussling their hair a little bit, man. I love you guys. You're, you're, you mean everything to me. And uh, you know what? They went to bed. I got grace. I got mercy. I felt the love came back, you know. And in the morning, they got up. You know, I'm up for them, drinking my Joe. Actually, my hot tea because I'm a Yankee from the Northeast. Hey, man, Bryce. Yeah, with cream sweetener. That's me. But, uh, and I said, and the boys were getting up and then like wiping the sleepers out of their eyes and bouncing off the walls because one wall's here, one wall's here. And I was like, come here, boys. I sat them on my knees and bounced them. How you doing, man? You guys sleep good in your little, you know, shoebox? <laughs> and, and they're like, yeah. And I, I just couldn't help thinking that's what God does. When we get up in the morning, he gives us joy and we talk ourselves. I talk myself out of it. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I get up, kind of a blank slate feeling. And then, okay, I get, this is wrong. This is wrong. I did this wrong. I wish I was better at this. Um. God's like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, back up. You're talking yourself out of the fact that joy is unmerited. Get get back to what I've already given you because you're going to need some strength today. And I praise God that he has balm for us when we least expect it and when we least deserve it. So um, let's look at Psalm 116. Psalm 116 says, down in verse number, uh, we'll start in verse 1. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Here it is. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Let me just say this. Trauma is oftentimes the time, the the season when people will be open to God. You know, the the heart hath no rest until it finds its rest in thee, O God. We don't know we don't have rest until the, until the bed's taken away, you know. And... Uh, I'm a man. Men, you know, we we like to fix things. Worst trauma for a man is when we can't fix ourselves. And I want to fix everyone else around me. Now, boom, physician, heal thyself. That's that's no good. And uh, God, God lets us go through things to let us know how big He is and how small we are. 
Return unto thy rest, verse 7. O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. So we are like these birdies let out of the ark by Mr. Noah. And if we are just in ourselves, we like to fly to and fro and go from, you know, this little dainty to to this sinful pleasure to this obsession to this addiction. And we go from one thing to another and to another and to another as human beings until we're like, I, I can't find rest in any of it. We're like the raven. But Jesus lets us go through these situations until, well, it says, I was brought low, and he helped me, until we realize that we can return only to our rest in Jesus Christ. You know, there's something about comfort. I preached in uh, Colorado on comfort. Comfort. There's people there in desperate need of comfort. Um, I was in a hotel Saturday night, and pastor called me and said, pray for me. My stomach's in knots. Actually, texted me. My stomach's in knots. Faithful family just left the church. I'm thinking, I'm the guest preacher. You know, they didn't even get to come and hear me. <laughs> Not that it has any, it's, it's, I, it was just ironic. You know, I'm thinking, wow, wish I could. But then the thought came to me, pastor, let me go meet them. You can come with me. Let's both go meet these people that just left the church. And I'll say, hey, I'd like to give you a book. So uh, the Wounded Spirits book. And and so we did after church. They didn't come to church. That another family had gotten out of church and got to them. But we went to to the second family and. The lady came out on the porch, and um, and I just introduced myself and I said, "Ma'am, I'd be I'd be thrilled if you would take this book, since I didn't get to meet you this morning. I, I just, you know, wanted to have it." And I said, "It deals with trauma." She burst into tears, burst into tears. It was like bawling and squalling, like nobody's business, and uh, she just was very very thankful. She just said, we're going through such a hard time. And listen, I don't know what God's up to with them. All I know is they'll either be the raven or the dove. And I want them to return to the rest, to the ark of of Jesus and get back into church. That's what I want. But uh, you realize the default is to be all about the flesh and I'm offended, whatever the pastor did or didn't do. By the way, um, I, 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 can I be vulnerable? Can I be really transparent? I go to McDonald's. And um, I like their burgers. Isn't that weird? Is that weird? I didn't ask you. I guess I did. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why. I'm cheap for one thing, but uh, they, they taste the same everywhere I go. So anyway, so I know you're going to hate me now because of that. But no, here's the thing. I cannot tell you how many times McDonald's has ruined an order. I didn't order a McChicken. What's this McChicken? I'm gluten free. I can't have McChicken. 
I can't have. And you know, I mean, just. But guess what? I still keep going back to McDonald's. And I wanted to go to that family and let them know, hey, God's still here. God's still on the throne. We're on his side. And we wanted you to know that we're on your side. And her husband texted the pastor and said, thank you so much for visiting us. Now, that's a church plant. You're talking about five families. So 20% of the family left Saturday, of the church left Saturday night. And two weeks before that, another, you know, so-and-so percent, another family had left. So, Hallelujah. I just want to tell you, there is rest in Jesus Christ. And the psalmist gives us three reasons, and then I'm done. Three real quick things. It's not like I sat down and wrote down a bunch of points while I was driving down the road today, all right? It says, verse 8, 4, in other words, this is why I'm returning to my rest. For thou hast, number one, delivered my soul from death. Number two, delivered mine eyes from tears. Number three, delivered my feet from falling. There's the outline. We can close and go home, amen? (laughs) But here's my thought. Number one. Why can we return to our rest? Number one, we know what the rest is. All right? We know the rest of the story. In other words, literally, thou hast delivered my soul from death. Salvation. My soul. The Bible talks about the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever. The redemption. Being saved. Being born again. That dear Mormon lady. That was born again. I'm, I'm, I'm a saved moron, but she was a saved Mormon. And I just thank the Lord that, um, I found rest in Jesus Christ just as much as she found rest in Jesus Christ. Have you found rest in Jesus Christ? I was in this meeting at my home church. You could tell there's people that don't have rest in Jesus Christ. You could tell the unsettling that's going on as they're raving heart goes looking yet for another angle of peace and they're never going to find it and thank god for church like this and a church like my home church that presents jesus christ and the dove of the holy spirit so number one you have to be saved number two deliver mine eyes from tear i wish i had a good outline you could say spiritually number one we know that we have rest. We have rest spiritually. Number two, you could say emotionally because mine eyes from tears. That's talking about emotional strain. Emotional strain. The uh, uh, medical uh, community tells us that um, anxiety and fear and panic attacks are just exploding. It's mushrooming. It's, I was at Walmart a while back, and the cashier fell on the ground, had a panic attack. Just like, and she wasn't waiting on me, so I couldn't blame me. But she, uh, whatever was happening, she was just, she was triggered, and uh, I had to go get the manager. Uh, it was just not a good situation. But you know, we we live in a time where the Bible says, in the last days, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things that are coming upon the earth. That's talking about a traumatized world. 
We live in a day of bad news. I don't watch news, but our, our news is traumatizing. And it reflects bad things going on, and it causes bad things to go on. But our Lord says we can return to our rest because he's delivered our eyes from tears. started a chapter of Wounded Spirits a few months ago. on It was actually the first chapter I started on Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, any Army guys here tonight? Any? All right, praise the Lord. Thank you for your service, sir. Um, Fort Hood's a huge, huge base. And um, long story short, there's a civilian wounded spirits going on in Victory Baptist Church for the community. And there's like 30 people come out to that. And there's people getting saved, and it's great. But on Fort Hood, Texas, uh, was the chapter that we started. And um, so when I attended that chapter the last time, there was a Sergeant Major, E-9, sitting, active duty, E-9, sitting in the meeting. And um, he had his face down a lot, and that's not unusual. But he kept looking down while he was talking. If he was saying something, he was looking down. This guy was a good-looking, chisel-jawed, dimpled, you know. I mean, this guy was a good-looking guy. And he just would not. So when I'm talking to him, he's looking like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've got a couple more months in the army and this and that and and i never made eye contact with them and that's fine we're in wounded spirits all right i'm not there because i know anything about his situation it's a safe place it's to to use planet fitness's motto it's no judgment zone all right so uh we're there to get help because we got a big god that's the bottom line and we got a bible that addresses all these things. So it turns out that this dear man was downrange in theater in the war recently, and he made a decision. It was just a bad call, and he got good guys killed. And, again, he doesn't feel like he's got the right to ever be happy, or he didn't. But he was coming to wounded spirits, and he was getting comfort. And he was returning to his rest because he was realizing that there's a God that loved him and gave his son for him. And if God was willing to be traumatized on his behalf and then come out of it, that he was willing to take him through that process as well. And uh, and I thank the Lord he's doing very well. But the uh, emotional, so spiritual, emotional, and then practical. He uh, and my—I just made up that last point because <laughs> I came up with this message driving down the road today. That's not usually how I do it. And my feet from falling, practically, or you could say this is sanctification. Amen. My feet from falling. You know, feet from falling. I was thinking about this as I'm driving down the road in my Freightliner motorhome there uh i'm thinking if you're f- saying if david's saying my feet from falling that means my feet are on the ground right now my danger is not that my feet will fall if if i fall it would be my feet are going to stay on the ground um it's talking about 
climbing. You know, the Bible says, Thou hast made me, uh, given me hinds feet in what? Does anybody know? High places. All right. And today I almost thought about having someone show this little video. You ever see these videos on social media of the goats that climb these dams and walls and cliffs and stuff? It's insane. They do that because there's something up there that they want. Salt on the side of the dam. I don't know why there's salt on the side of the dam, but the goats know that it's there and they want it. So you watch that. That's that's hinds feet. The Bible talks about cloven feet. The reason these animals can do this is because they have cloven feet. Remember what God said? You eat the animals of the Jews. Eat the animals that have cloven feet. I don't know what the reason is, I, but they, they have rubber soles and cloven feet. So they can walk up the side of a wall. It's all about parkour, right? I mean, this is crazy. So our God gives you and I the ability to go do impossible feats. I'm not going to go there for the sake of uh, time because it's going to take in just a couple minutes. I'm going to take questions about trauma and and uh, uh, weekly meetings and that kind of thing that that we're setting up. But I just want to say this: in the book of Daniel, it says that in the last days. Proceeding and during the Antichrist, during the tribulation period and leading up to, it talks about that Satan will wear out the saints of the Most High. You, you know what wore out means. You know, in Texas, we when I lived in Texas, we'd say uh, we're wore smooth out. All right? Just, you just, is worn down, wore out. There's no more cogs left on the wheels, man. It's just, you're, you're done. Satan specializes in doing that. And it says that the Antichrist will do exploits. It says it in the book of Daniel, and I, I'm, I flip there. I can't even remember what chapter it is. But in the same chapter, a couple of verses later, it says, but, but they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Exploits. Satan messes with our minds. And lies, you know what a trauma is? A trauma is Satan's design to bring you down, and it's God's design. You know, Satan is giving, uh, you know, a quit, a throw in the towel, become a statistic, end it all. That's Satan. God's trumpet call, his peeling forth is, come up higher, come up higher. We get to do exploits. Folks, we can rise up above anything. I, I work with the military. Man, the military. I, I was at Fort Bragg. Were you ever at Fort Bragg, brother? Okay. Fort Bragg is the home of the 82nd Airborne and of the Special Ops of the Green Berets and JSOC, as well as several other uh, tenant units. Um but 18th Corps is there. It's huge. Fort Bragg's, the general told me, General Carver told me, 80,000 active duty there, which is un, unbelievable. That was about five years ago. So, uh, but these Fort Bragg guys, you talk about in 72 hours, they can be anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, crossing a desert and basically looking for bad guys, 
I like it when the commander in chief was, he knew what a bad guy was. That's all I'll say about that. Um, but anyway, these guys, had, I mean, they just, they did not know the meaning of no, we can't do this. We're pinned down. It's 1,000 against one. All right, let's do this. That's, that's USASOC. That's the United States Army Special Operations Command. That's JSOC, Joint Special Armies Special Operations Command. AFSOC, NAVSOC, all those special operations commands. They don't know the meaning of we cannot do this. You know what? Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. I don't know the meaning of we're not going to do this. I'm going to set my, uh, we can't do this. I'm going to set my face like a flint. Oh, he was heavy. The Bible says as he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane, that his soul, he, he was began to be amazed and very heavy. He was depressed. I'm saying when it says he has delivered mine eyes from tears, Jesus went through that. And the disciples that followed him, it says as they began to follow him, they were amazed and they were very sorrowful. So we know that we're going to pass through the same thing, but the answer is, he says, go up higher, do the exploit. If you find yourself in the deepest, darkest pit, guess what? The only way out is up. But you know what? I know some people, when they get into the pit, they start digging. Hello? You know people like that too. Some of you have children that about the time you think they hit the bottom, they start digging. What what they need is to realize that there's a Jesus Christ that's real and there's a purpose in all the junk that they think that they can use as an excuse. Why not to trust the Lord? Um, Thou hast delivered my feet from falling. So he said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, God's goal is for you to come out of whatever you're going through on the bright side. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. And in a meeting I was in last night, the preacher said, we often hear it doesn't say for everything, give thanks. And it's true in that verse. It says, in everything, give thanks. But you know what? Go over real quick, and then I'm going to take questions. Go Look at Ephesians, and then we're done. I didn't know how I was going to close this exactly, but in Ephesians chapter number... Um, Let's see, number five, if I got the right verse here, verse 17. Um, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, whereas excess would be filled with the Spirit, meaning control of the Spirit. That's Ephesians 5, 18. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Let me just say this about darkness. Music is God's gift to us in darkness. Don't play dark music in darkness. You say, it expresses the feeling of my soul. Yes, but it also cements the feeling of your soul. I know what I'm talking about. Don't play dark music. The Bible says singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. 
You know, your words will determine how long you're going to stay in darkness. And the sooner you start to agree with God, the sooner you start to give testimony. Satan's whispering lies to you. It'll always be this way. I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. My kids are the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know what they are? Lies. Darkness. It's best to just brighten your light up. Put some good music in. Singing, making melody with your heart uh, to the Lord's spiritual song. Somebody, while I was driving down the road today, a friend sent me a, a, a song I never heard of about Job. It was by some group I never heard of, Ghost Ship. Uh, uh, I was like, oh, wow, what's this? Is this going to be some dark song? I played it. It was an awesome song. That's just what I'm saying. It was about Job. You know what? I texted back while I'm driving. Wow, dot, 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 just wow, exclamation point. Praise God. I'm saying God used it. Let's make melody and heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What have you been through? Let me encourage you. The goal is to thank God for all things. I'm just saying what I think is the worst thing that ever happened to me. God wants to somehow turn it out. He means it for my good. And uh, he does that to you too. Let me just encourage you to take time, even tonight as we pray, to thank God. And uh, let's have a word of prayer and then I'll open up for questions. Father, um, you've delivered my soul from death. Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that does not put their faith and trust, and trust in Jesus Christ, Lord, that they would do that. They'd call on the name of the Lord. Be saved. Lord, if there's someone here tonight whose emotions are just frazzled, they're in a fight-or-flight mode, they, they, they're, they're trying to get stuff, even tonight from the Bible, but their mind is so distracted because they're, 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 it's like they're being chased by a lion. Just 24 hours a day. Lord, they're weary. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to um, return to their rest, return to Jesus. And, and, and Lord, uh, it might start with thanking you. Father, uh, I pray that you'd give us the ability to forgive our offenders like Jesus did. No one was kneeling down and apologizing, Lord, when you were dying on the cross. But, Lord, you said, Father, forgive them. And, Lord, I pray that you'd help us be that way. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I appreciate that. You heard my motorhome message tonight. Yes, sir. All right. If you have a question, the pastor is bringing a microphone. Um, the question might be, what are these, like, weekly meetings that we're having? This thing is just, is, it, right now it's kind of like, it's exploding. But... Um, I'm excited because there's just a lot of hurting people. So if you've got a question about that, you have a question about PTSD, about trauma, thank you for listening tonight. You're, these people are well-trained. Thank you for letting me come. Any, who would be the first? Yes. Yes. <clears throat>
you said that Romans 8.28 isn't a necessarily good verse to come at somebody with. Um, so what verse, if somebody's going through it mm-hmm. to be empathetic and um, edifying to them, what is a good verse to mm-hmm. try to offer up? Yeah, and, and certainly not to discount Romans 8.28 because that is like that's the rest. <laughs> that, that honestly is the road to rest. But um, because I've used that verse before, and then obviously it didn't work super great. So. <laughs> you know, uh, no, God bless you, sister. Uh, great, great question. I'm glad, and it's actually clarifying something. Um, it's it's all about timing. The Bible says a word in season to him that is weary. So worn out, weary. If you, um, the first thing to do is just listen. And uh, I always make it that uh, I'll listen to their story and I'll say, I have no idea what you're talking about. So the first thing to do is validate, to validate their situation. Romans 8.28 is a great verse as long as it's not being used to invalidate what they're feeling because their feeling is their reality, especially with flashbacks, nightmares, the, 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 it's, there is a reality going on inside. Um, but once they trust you, so, so the best way to answer your question, I think is what is the best timing when to bring verses like that, um, would be to, uh, wait until they, they know that you are not saying get over it, you know, and I'm sure you're not saying get over it to them or, you know, Hey, cheer up. I guess when I went through some trauma, um, there were people that used opportunity to, to practice their preaching and counseling on me when I said, can I just tell you my story? And and what they told me was true. I have no recollection what they told me because they inadvertently, you know, one guy took an – I said, brother, I've got to talk to someone about this. He took an hour and a half to tell me, like, what I could have done to avoid it. What the, and um, obviously it wasn't what I needed at the time. But Romans eight twenty eight is a great verse. They have to be just brought along to it. Other verses to to use are, um, you know, principles in the scripture, such as uh, Philippians. Is it chapter four? It says. Um, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And to kind of explain a little bit to them and say, um, if someone wants to look up that reference for me, I appreciate it. Be careful for nothing, or in other words, anxious. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. So uh, as as someone's going through something to say, you know what? You, it, you are having real anxiety. I can't imagine what this is like. But according to the Bible, it's an indicator that it's time to pray and offload it. It means you've reached the maximum level that you're designed to handle. And that's the kind of language that they um, need to hear. Yeah, validation. Great, great question, though. Uh, who, who else? Um, 
voice to speech, voice to text. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, what do you do if someone is like, say, struggling with their faith and they're angry with God for taking somebody from them? What's some good ways to point them back towards them getting peace from God? Whatever they're ang- they're angry, yeah, they don't understand right. it. Right, law. They've had loss. They've had someone someone uh, die, pass away. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's. That's the kind of thing that, you you know, the stages of grief are unavoidable. And, um, you know, I, I, I tell people go th- through the stages, not verbally with them, be there. So the guy that accidentally ran over somebody that I was telling you about, he didn't lose somebody, but he was, he was guilty. So his, his resentment, Toward, toward the Lord, you know, that he would feel would be, you know, Lord, why did you let this happen? I was on my way to church. And so his process that he went through, he he told me that he just needed someone to be there. So, and the answer to your question is not, is not so much there. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, what would you say to someone? And it's very important, again, when the time comes, uh, but to someone who's who's grieving, you know, just the, um, you know, verses about, um, you know, Job, if they were ready for it, Job, you know, Job came to the point where he said, um, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, um, but someone has to be really ready for that, Um you know, I talk to lost people all the time that are in trauma because uh, people are saying, can you talk to my lost so-and-so? Some, I, I had someone call me today and say, my son might be demon-possessed. Can you talk to him? And I'm not like a, a licensed biblical counselor, but I said, yeah, I'll talk to him because, uh, number one, his dad is my cousin, and number two, uh, the kid's dad is my cousin, and number two, I love the kid, uh, but... He's, you know, there's some real deep stuff there, but, uh, but yeah, no, for grief, there's just, you know, there's, there's a, a video on woundedspirits.com I'd like to point you to about grief that's really good. It's a full length, 45 minute video, and there's segments to it with testimonials. There's narration. There's uh, a biblical counselor talking. So uh, I would do that right off the bat. And then I'll talk to you more about it. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's a tough, tough thing. Anybody else? And, Pastor, if you feel the time's up, we can, whenever you say. Anybody else have a question? I know we're not a big group here tonight, but I appreciate your questions that you ask. And uh, pray for me because I'm going around the country and setting up, and the world, supposed to be in Europe this year, Doug and I, um, setting up these chapters, and um, it's weekly meetings, two hours each typically, one hour video, one hour workbook. I just developed a student book last week, um, so pretty excited about everything. Yes, ma'am. Um, let's get the microphone here. 
Chief. Yeah. How many uh, chapters are in this area? Uh, so more kind of so north of Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never been here before, so I don't know if Doug already had anything going. Probably none. Yeah. So the whole chapter concept's pretty pretty young, and I appreciate the question. Pretty young. So Salt Lake City is one point however many people, and and that's going to be the first one. But I think out of that one, the, he is so fired up about it. He's going to have multiple chapters. I mean, he's like getting his pastor friends excited about it. He's going to hopefully turn that place upside down, Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, it's called the Wasatch Valley, that whole area. Um, yeah, well, I appreciate all that. Any other questions? Your pastor's being gracious here, so <laughs> if someone else had a question, I'd take it quick. Thank you. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Wrong? There we go. Okay, hit the hit the wrong button. I'm not a very good steward of the material or the uh, resources here. So for yeah, I bet you did. <coughs> Forgive me, Father. Or I have sinned. All right. So uh, yeah, well that's good. So trauma is a a real thing, and uh, we all experience trauma at different levels, and there's different results. I know even in this room, there's folks. And I don't even know all the stories. But uh, one of the things about trauma that, uh, you know, there's trauma. I was talking with a brother today. That I've, I've an example of it. Back once when I was young, I, a friend of mine or acquaintance, someone I went to school with in elementary school, uh, when we, I was in high school, she got hit by a car, and I was first responder there on the scene. Uh, and uh, she was pinned under the car, and it was it was traumatic. And uh, she should have died. Anyway, the bad part was I, I was the one that pulled her out. So when I pulled her out from under the car, all the paramedics and everything were lifting up the car and the first responders, and they're screaming at me, you know, pull her out. So I jumped on it, pulled her out, and then I thought she was going to die. And praise the Lord, she lived and recovered. And, and that was a blessing. But it was traumatic. Like, I lost track of time. I don't even know where I was at, you know. It's like I was blacked out for a while. And, uh, and then I woke up worried about... Is she dead or alive? And did I kill her? And her face was like smashed. It was only about yay wide because her head had got crushed. And I mean, it was just terrible. And so, um, and so, and her leg was turned around backwards. You know, just gruesome, truly gruesome, and just traumatic. You know, I was like 17, maybe or whatever it was. And and so that's trauma, right? But God was good. She recovered. Um, and I think I think I may have even been saved. So I was probably 17 at the time. And God. It was it was short lived. I mean, is what I'm saying. That was not. I'm not walking around today having flashbacks of uh, Sonia Lloyd's car wreck. Uh, God got me through it by His grace. I say that to say this. That's that's traumatic, and we all go through seasons of trauma. Different things happen, but then there are other things that happen, and you just don't like like Brother Rob is saying. You don't get over it, and you and depression sets in. You can't get up in the morning. Can't function. Even have involuntary responses. Of course, one of the definitions of PTSD is is really your brain's way of, of reckoning. This is my own kind of hybrid definition, but you're, it's your it's your body's natural way of reckoning with things that are unnatural. So if you're in a heightened sense of combat, let's say, or the, the kind of things I just exp- explained, and that's just your becomes your everyday reality or this heightened situation, 
your brain actually does chemically and, and biologically repro- reprogram itself so you can cope and keep working at that level. It's kind of a natural response so that you can continue to function. The problem with that is is we got a faux spirit today. It's a, it's a, it's the technology and in the pace of life. There's a lot going on today that people, uh, especially in the military, but not just in the military, uh, I see a lot of trauma. There's a lot of homes that are wrecked. There's a lot of children that are being raised in truly traumatic situations, and they're in heightened situ- levels of stress uh, that they should not be in because we've lost our way. You know, their parents are, are, are hooked on meth. Um, and what have you. And so their, their normal isn't normal. Their normal isn't right. Their normal isn't healthy. And and so especially here in Cass County, you know, you guys get it. Uh, we see it, and you see the results of it. Um, and so those are, that's why we have a ministry like this. Um, and so it would be good to have a chapter uh, like, you know, where we offer that kind of help to folks um, that need it. But ultimately the true solution is not, you know, um, is, is the only real solution is Jesus Christ. I and mean, at the end of the day, it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and um, and be and the Spirit of God is is no joke. I mean, He is the Comforter. Uh, he is the one that that gives us what we need. The Word of God is truth, and that's what rewires our minds, right? So you get into Romans chapter twelve. There, very clearly, we got to let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, talk about trauma. There's no one that's had the opportunity to be. Uh, subjected to trauma more than the God of the universe who comes from holiness and then has to put upon himself the sin of the world. Of course, he handled it fabulously because he's God, but that's the same spirit that we have. So if we're going to handle it, that's the spirit that we got to reckon with. And that's the this is the mind. I said Romans chapter 12. I was quoting Philippians, but this is the mind that we got to we got to have. Philippians chapter of, uh, two there. Uh, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. But Romans chapter 12, it tells us that we need to renew our mind, right? And so we, it is an issue of what we think uh, does eventually affect how we feel, right? So it's faith, fact, and feelings, right? We understand that, faith, fact, and feelings. And and uh, some of the same uh, tactics the devil uses to draw us into false doctrine and, and, and damaging spiritual activity is the same thing he uses for emotional things. And so it's it's a very similar pattern, and, and we're to know to, we're to know his devices, and so we've got the word of God, we've got the truth of God's word, and now we've got we got resources um, that, that brother Kevin's bringing, and, and of course brother Doug Carriger, and so um, you know it really is. If you're interested in this ministry, uh, we've kind of had a uh, I was just explaining to, to brother Rob, uh, you know, a few uh, before he came earlier. It's kind of been on a We've had a few hits in this area because, you know, Pastor Randy was heading it up initially. And, uh, of course, he was uh, uh, stricken with cancer. And then uh, we went forward by faith, kind of hybrid leadership. And then uh, now we're it's transitioning to uh, Mark Lockwood. And so, uh, but I do just pray about this ministry and pray about uh, how it can be used uh, to meet the needs of those that are, especially first responders. Um, if you sat in my office and you can't do that, Man, I'm telling you, I just know there's a lot of folks coming out of this building and in and out of our lives. And some you don't know and some you do know, uh, and they're dealing with stuff. Um, and I'll be honest with you, which I would never lie to you, but I'll be more transparent. That's a better way of saying it. There are folks that the truth is is that once they start to deal with it, it, it gets worse or it gets better sometimes. Uh, and so uh, we got to be patient and kind, and we got to be willing to walk with people. 
just like you're saying, you can't you can't just bust them in the chops with the word of God, you know, because we have answers. But that's not the answers that they need. Really, are sometimes before they're going to actually listen to what you have to say, they got to know that you care. You've heard the saying, "Nobody cares what you know until they know that you care." And so, listening is is the that's why God's given us two ears and one mouth, right? So, two parts listening, one part speaking, and we listen. We listen to what they they share with us, and then uh, you can help with constructive uh, things that will help them, you know, deal and process with emotion. And uh, and so uh, we've also uh, those some of you went through our counseling course. Uh, we had a little counseling course a while back, and that was good. So uh, this is just another element and layer to what's going on here at HBF. So you guys, I'm glad uh, Brother Kevin came along, and I'm excited to see what God's going to do with the chapters and um, and uh, and just uh, you know, of course, with again with life issues, all the things that are going on there. We have some tools there to help with that as well, uh, with recovery and different things that are related to to those things. Um, but but, uh, man, I'm just excited about the opportunity. How can we pray for you tonight, brother, before we dismiss? You know, I'm, I'd, I'd love to get a degree in counseling. Um, you know, I'm kind of working toward a doctorate, and oh. uh, if I get it, I, I don't have any degree in counseling. So um, this, however, that would look. I'm so – I've only been doing this a year, and it's ramped up to where just in the last – Three months. I'm doing a lot of what I'm talking about tonight, but I, I, I could really um, used to be tooled up. Yeah, yeah. We'll pray for that. You're Thank equipping. You. Uh, you're equipping because it's a, it's a big, it's a big deal. A lot of people uh, need you know you to meet them where they're at. And you, I presume. Uh, I think we talked about this, but forgive me, I've forgotten. You've served in the military. Uh, I'm a Marine wannabe, but I, I, I couldn't. Okay. I, I got sick. Couldn't, couldn't go in. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so um, I tell you, it's you don't have to be a, a military person to be a part of this ministry, but you do. Uh, a lot of pastors who aren't military are obviously fully engaged. But ministry is very traumatic in itself. One of the things that Doug has uncovered, <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh, but I guess if you don't laugh, you cry. Uh, one of the things that Doug has un- uncovered is that, that ministry itself is traumatic. And, I, of course, I've seen that. From my first days in the ministry, when I first got saved and watched the first missionaries come home after a, an adultery situation in Brazil, and I'll never forget Pastor Jeff Adams getting up on a Sunday night and presenting, which Lisa, you're probably there, and I won't mention the couple's name, but uh, uh, I will say one of them helped us plant the church uh, here. Uh, but uh, he, and I'm just a teenager watching this, not knowing really what's going on. I was I remember just being a baby Christian. And I'm sitting in the congregation, I mean a baby Christian, I'm months old in the Lord, and watching God pull this couple up and, 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 and sanctify them and set them apart to go to the, the, to the mission field. I mean, I'm telling you, what a great example. I mean, for me, I was so, uh, you know, what you aren't taught, you're, you, you catch, right? What, what can't be taught's caught. And so even I was so young in the Lord, I, I couldn't even, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew I wanted to be a part of that. That is so exciting, and it was, and it was so real, and it was so genuine, and it was so uh, divine. And I didn't understand all of that at the time. I just knew it in my soul, you know, watching all this transpire. So you can imagine how I felt some couple years later, you know, um, as I as they're now coming home, and there's a special announcement, and it comes before the church, and now mom and daughter are home alone, and dad's off run, run off with the piano player or whatever, and... Uh, I'm just like, oh, it's traumatic, right? Ministry can be traumatic. 
and our flesh, man, it gets us into things we just, you know, it takes you further than you want to go and costs you more than you want to pay, as we all know. And not just when you're lost and now you need to get saved, but even as Christians, when we don't walk in the Spirit, there's heavy consequences and heavy tolls that get paid, and it's painful. And and uh, and that situation was my first taste of spiritual warfare, you know, where I could visibly see it. And uh, little did I know I'd have a lot more experience with that before it was over, and that's really where we are. I mean, it just is a continual uh, conflict, as I've been preaching on Sunday mornings, right? There's a continual conflict for worship, and part of that uh, becomes casualties of war. And uh, Pastor Adams did a wonderful job uh, of, of schooling us that night on the casualties of war. And it was a great message somewhere. I've still got my handwritten notes uh, somewhere on that. But it was really my first taste of how even spiritual warfare can cause uh, incredible um, uh, pain and, and hurt. And a lot of people, uh, I see it all the time when they come check out our church. You know, they're reluctant. Why? Well, because getting involved in the church is a family. And uh, and people get hurt, right? And, and feelings get hurt and all this, that, and the other. And there's always unmet expectations. And then people don't have their expectations met and they get their feelings hurt. That's really not trauma, by the way. Um, that's just immaturity. But... But there are times when there is real trauma, like I'm talking about uh, things that go on in the ministry that shouldn't, children that get you know, abused and and uh, affairs that go on and, and things that just devastate people's lives. Uh, man, guys, that's the stuff that we're here. That we got to have a solution, right? We got to have a solution. Forgiveness is a lot of it, right? We, we see that in the Word of God. There's nobody with the capacity to forgive like we have. Because it's divine, it's supernatural, and it's grace, and it's a divine grace that God gives us. So I do pray that we grow in grace and and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's mission for His Son was to go and die for people who don't deserve it. Um, they, they 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 chose death, so I'm going to meet Him there. I'll meet Him with death, right? It's not like God's uh, uh, you know some sort of some God that wants to you know self-mutilate or, or send his son and hurt his son on purpose. I mean, it's all about the fact that Adam and Eve chose death. So he he chose death too. I mean, he went right there with them. The first thing he did to cover their sin was offer a sacrifice to clothe them, right, to cover the nakedness. And it was a blood sacrifice because he knew they chose death, I choose death, right? And he went with them, and he gave his only begotten son, and he trumped Satan, right? And so we have victory because... Jesus has already gone there before us. He has already got the victory, and he's already alive. And so there is hope when it seems like there's no hope. There is power when there feels like there's no power. There is truth when it feels like everything is a lie. And and I'm telling you that Jesus is, when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, there is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He has the power. And so when we do meet people in these situations, whether it's a spiritual wound um, you know, there's the physical and emotional wounds that come with all the other kind of sinful consequences of of anything you can think of, from molestations to to physical abuse to you know all the all the problems that come with drug and alcohol abuse in a home, all these other traumatic, wicked things that happen. Man, Jesus is enough, and it's our job to be equipped in the Bible so we can take the ointment of God's word and and, and be able to rightly apply the word at the right time, just like our brother Kevin said tonight, so that people can be healed. But ultimately, God does the healing. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, 
and he is the one that brings that divine comfort. Anyway, thanks for letting me preach a little bit. I'm excited about the opportunity to minister. I pray you guys are encouraged in the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer for our brother, and uh, we'll be dismissed tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you.